Hello, welcome to Real Locker Room Talk with the host of the Black Apocalypse. Today we have a special guest, Nas Smalls, out of Washington. Yeah, Washington. Uh, Miss Smalls is an author of the book Healing. Oh, actually, I'm, I'm trying to get the, the, the right title here. I know, I know, I know, I know, and I should know this. Healing Wounds of Black Women, Black Girls, Bible, no, I can't read it. Get the Black <laughs> Girl's Guide to Healing Emotional Wounds. The thing is I got all the notes in front of me, but I, I lost the page. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I'm going to get that right one day, but you know, it's, it's really okay. cool. Anyway, welcome, Miss Moore. Why, 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 why am I muted? I'm trying to speak, man. Like, I, I can't hear myself speak. I was telling you what the book was. <laughs> oh, what you saying? Look on my screen. Yeah. Oh, you got the book you on the screen. Look at us, Nigel. My, 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 my mind started off with the Bible. I'm like, what? No, no, no. <laughs> the Bible. I was thinking, is, is the, the Black Girl's Bible to Healing Emotional Wounds? Yeah, because. Close. Close. <laughs> that's a pretty good I title, like too. Yeah, like it's, it's a good title, like come on. Vibe. Yeah, that's the next book. That's the next book. Yeah, that's the next book. Yeah, yeah. There you go. So, Miss Smalls, how are you coping at the moment with everything? Great question. That's a That's a very good question. Um, I am. I am coping. Um, I do have some coping skills that I have had to use and to rely on. Okay. during this time um because you know it, it's hard um i am married to a black man i have mm-hmm. a young black son yeah. so i worry about them both my neighborhood is um where i live it's predominantly white oh, okay. so um my husband he likes to go running at night oh. to kind of clear his head um and sometimes he'll wear a hoodie if it's oh. a little breezy and yeah. I won't let him leave the house at night alone, especially with a hoodie, because, you know, you never know. I I never know when he's going to be profiled. Um, So, but, but we are, aside from that, um, we we are just trying to stay sane Mm -hmm. and hoping that not just our family, but, you know, as, as black people, we can all heal and grow yeah. from this. I, I am happy. I will say I am happy about, um, because we have a lot of, I think we've gotten a lot of people's ear, right? I think yeah, the yeah. video of George Floyd, um, you couldn't deny what you saw in the video. And if you have a heart, it, it moved you, right? It really mm-hmm. is different. So yeah. I think that, um, you know, there's a lot of change that's, that's going to be um that's in the talks right now and you know a lot of black people we are mobilizing ourselves and coming together as a as a community not just with you know not just amongst black people but with white people at our white counterparts yeah Yeah, sure sure i am happy about all of that we'll we'll see where where it all ends up yeah i i think i share the same view um obviously you know i'm 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 like 46 now i've seen a lot of Bad things happen, um, more so in America. Heard bad things. And seen the riot, seen the uproar, seen the little bit of plaster that they put over to say, oh, yeah, yeah we're going to build your community centre. Or, oh, yeah, we're going we're gonna to make sure you can have a youth club. But what they don't do, they, don't, they're not, they haven't been working on the foundation. Now, obviously, America and the UK, you know, we're, we're, we're different. We split um, mm-hmm. where the UK is tried to you know multiculturalism whatever mm-hmm. america and you know the american history i mean when you when you when you realize that you know what the way they treat people of color is written in their law man in their stature when you realize that laws have been created you know that you can be away from your family forever for the smallest thing and then mm-hmm. they, they then turn around and have this cheat to say oh yeah black men they're absent from their families. No, it's because you mm-hmm. make them absent from their families. And when you realize this is, is like 
indoctrinated and created enough. Because I didn't know all this. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I suppose I kind of played a little bit ignorant. Not ignorant as such, but America's it, it's deep. You know, I was told Wayne this week, you know, go and read Jim Crow's laws. Go and watch mm-hmm. the 13th. That gives you that under... In fact, Wayne, did you, did you read Jim Crow's laws? I did read uh, Jim Crow's laws. Actually, there isn't any well, official laws, is there, really? It's just... Well, that, that, from what I gathered, <laughs> that man there, that, that's what he put out to government to say, this is how we deal with these people. And yeah. it's not being funny, man. The fact he's in circulation says to me that it, it, it is more than likely true. No one's going to keep some document from 100, like 200 years ago and say, yeah, it's real. Yeah, you I know what I mean? But, but the way it? that people of colour have been treated in America and in England, but more so in America, it's, mm-hmm. it's apartheid, man. It's apartheid. Then one like say, oh yeah, landed a free and the brave. No, 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 no. Don't lie mm. to them. Tell them the truth. You know, I, I was watching the thirteenth the other day, and I'm watching. Um, That's a great Nixon. documentary, by the way. Oh my god, watching Nixon in front of all the all the all the house all, all the house all the house is white, you know. They're all mm-hmm. like, <laughs> savages. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll pass some laws. We don't want them protesting. It's almost like they said, listen. We don't want you to actually think for yourselves. We don't want you to have any kind of um, goal, any end goal. So every time someone steps up and says, right, I'm going to talk to you about a different way. It's like, no, nah, no, nah, we've got to get rid of him. Man, that's terrible. Terrible, man. I watched that show, man. My heart sunk. My heart sunk. Well, I got it. I actually understood it. I understand it now. So and I think, it, no, 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 it's forced me to, it's, it's not forced me, but I, I, I get it now. I didn't understand before. I read Jim Crow. And I like, was raged about that. That was a couple of years ago. But then watching the 13th and then realising how they've created laws, man, around people of colour. Yeah. And you can have two people going to the same judge. One's one colour, one's the other. He's going away for life. He's getting... Yeah. Uh, yeah, the community service. And you're like, what? No, yeah. man. Terrible. Absolutely terrible. No wonder. No wonder. America, the Afrika- African Americans are starting. They're starting. They're starting ten steps back. Every mistake yeah. that may, they make gets magnified ten times worse. Mm. Yeah. And oh, you know something, <laughs> Mrs. Smalls. God bless you. We pray for her. We pray for her. That's all I can you know, say. Is God bless you. <laughs> you you made you made some very interesting points there. And and you know our president today is is President Trump, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and his slogan is "Make America Great Again." Was it ever and great? And so he's talking about the very things that you just mentioned. Nigel. Yeah, he wants us to go back to a time where the majority ruled, and the majority means our white counterparts. Yeah. Um, but you know, black people today, we're we're just not going um, to settle for that. You know. Yeah. Sure. Um, going to fight and continue to defend ourselves and fight for our rights and Absolutely. you know to continue to make progress uh in this country so yeah. you you, you know, are you are right there's a lot of racism here there's a lot of systematic racism um the jim crow laws i grew up in the jim crow south um so my parents were a product of those laws wow. um had to have go into separate bathrooms and you know you can still see downtown in some of the malls where there were separate um water fountains for whites and blacks and so so you know for us here we still see all of that it's still Mm -hmm. in our faces we still have the the statues and the monuments of confederate soldiers that are still that people still want to have, you know, people still yeah. ride around with the Confederate flag. Yeah, hanging, hanging, hang, hanging on to, yeah, hanging on to a past that they think was was better for them. And I can't understand how anyone could see a past where you're treading on you're treading on people. You're, you're, you know, people are under your feet. I can some, I can people see that as being better. I just, I just don't get it. You know, I've got a um, a Jamaican friend who's white, mm-hmm. and when you hear this white guy speak. He sounds more Jamaican than a Jamaican. Really? Uh, <laughs> That's a European Jamaican. Mate, my, 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 my man, I talk, you know, you have to sit back and listen to him because I'm talking so. And then look back so. And then rock so. Seriously, we're going to try and get him on the podcast in a Got couple of weeks. mannerisms, but, hasn't he? Uh, uh, honestly, when Dom, honestly, that's going to be a firecracker show. Well, he was telling me when he was growing up in Jamaica, he never experienced racism. Because Jamaicans just see themselves as 
Jamaican, Jamaican, whether you're Jamaican Chinese, Jamaican Indian, Jamaican white, mm-hmm. you're just Jamaican. He says the first time he experienced racism was actually from a black lady in the UK because <laughs> she thought, <laughs> with him being a white Jamaican, that when he was talking, she couldn't, she could, I thought she could work out, but wait a second, how can this guy be Jamaican and be so white? Because he's white, he's white, he's pale, yeah. pale like snow. But he actually said that he wanted to march as well um, mm-hmm. because, you know, he's his great grandfather. Um, was a product of a slave owner raping, mm-hmm. you right. know what I mean? And da, 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 da. so, mm-hmm. yeah, man, it, it's got to change. I hope it's got to change. I think change. this, this, we're in a different time now. Mm-hmm. They can't hide things anymore like they used to. They can't just mm-hmm. say, oh, well, yeah. cameras, and it, they, they, they can't hide it. There's too yep. much people cameras. who know. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of movements at the moment. I, I was reading about Martin Luther King Jr., the third. Mm-hmm. And um, he was saying, but apparently there's some movements now because if you think about it, what's the way to hurt any country? It's money, isn't it? Now, oh, if, you yes. think, if you think of the black economy in America, he said it's like worth one trillion pounds. Mm-hmm. Now, if you consider the American debt's probably four trillion, that's a whole heap of money that the black people spend. It's a quarter of, it, quarter of the debt. Now, if you could mobilize, you know, three, four, five million black people or more to say, listen, whenever you want to spend money, Let's push it through a black business. Let's create a huge directory right across the UK and the US, whatever. We will just keep that money within ourselves. Mate, they come running. Oh, Lord. Oh, oh, oh you can all vote. I'm going to let you all out of prison. <laughs> oh, my God, yes. Oh, whatever you want to do, do it. Listen, that's minds. a great point. So that's what we are doing now, Nigel. We are, we are mobilizing ourselves and we have boycotted. That's why you... You may have seen some of the advertisers from these big companies, Starbucks, Amazon, and so on, and they've been talking about blacking out and supporting Black Lives Matter. It's because we collectively said, if you don't support us, we won't support you. We We can take our black dollars elsewhere. See, we're no longer at the bottom of the barrel anymore. We Um, now have some. economic power we don't have as much as our white counterparts don't get me wrong but we do have some and more than enough to say if we pull our money out and take it over here your competitor is going to win so we are doing that and to address another thing that you said you said um nigel how is it that a a person can feel or a group of people can feel that they're better than other people Mm. that is the driving force of imperialism that has been centuries and centuries ago that mm-hmm. is how our our your the europeans uh conquered the world, conquered took the world spices yeah. And, and, yeah. and raw materials and so on for themselves yeah. and yeah pillaged and do, did all of these other things is for power but it was that whole thinking that we are supreme beings or they are supreme beings Mm. But they came up with that themselves. No one, yeah. you know, God didn't, you know, uh, you know, delegate the role of that power yeah. upon them. They did that. Mm. And there, it doesn't, was... because they said it, it doesn't make it right. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. that's, so they've conditioned for generations and con- generations, they have conditioned their people to believe that they are better. Yeah. And, 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 and I think this, this does go back to, what is taught because if you if you actually think about it some of the ancient civilizations of south america um egypt africa you know uh, what they now call you know the different middle east whatever mm-hmm. these guys were in advance of the europeans way 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 in advance oh, yes so exactly. it's almost like well hold on a second these guys are in front of you oh let's go over there teeth their ideas teeth their things reduce them to rubble and, and then make them almost start from scratch again while we go off it. And that, that's the feeling you get because when you look at some of these civilizations, where did they go? Mm. You know, they, 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 they had things in place mm. which we still use now, still marvel at now, irrigation, all those kind of things for farming and so on and so forth. So, mm. yeah, you know, it, it's an illusion and I think they need to teach everybody, not just black people, we need to know our history anyway because, again, you know, this is something else, my history stops probably 150 years ago, if I can trace it. Mm-hmm. Before that, it's something else, and I don't know what that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and for me, you know, that's something else that needs to be looked at. But, you know, they need to be teaching 
the, if they're going to teach history, teach history. Mm-hmm. Don't just teach about, oh, yes, in 1942, we went to war and we won. Ha-ha. Yeah, well, yeah. we wrote it, didn't <laughs> they? I mean, all they do is glorify war. All yeah. they talk about is war, war, war. Let's talk about some of these ancient civilizations from 20,000 years ago and how, how could they get to this level? What happened to cause them to not be at that level? Oh, the Western world came along and called them heathens and savages no. and said, yeah, right. you're, you're doing it all wrong. Let us show you how to do it. That's, that's what I, <laughs> exactly. I think it's the same way, I think it's the same way they, when they um, introduced the Bible into the like African stuff. And they went there basically and was like, okay, guys, we've got this book. They it on them. This is the truth. You got to follow this. You know, and everyone like obviously took the Bible and was like, "Oh yeah, this is the truth now." So you know, you even if it was a good book or a bad book, then in, while they were reading the book, busy, you know, uh, they thought, "Okay, we're going to take this, we're going to take this, we're going to take this," and then everyone was like, "Hold oh, on, we're supposed to be religious and loving," and and everyone was like, "No, we got an, if, another agenda." If you think of, 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 I mean, religion. You know, I'm not a strong religion person, but if you think of religion anyway, and think of okay, oh, wait, wait a second, before our forefathers to Christianity, mm. they had a religion. Yeah. Now, when you think about religion, and uh, well, that's the thing. You go to certain islands and they call it black magic. Yeah. Doing it. Well, if you think about it, what they're practicing is something that was just taught to them by their forefathers. Yeah. I mean, you may say, well, is that, their, is that the true religion? Is, mm. is that why some people still practice it? Because they actually think, well, that's from the homeland. You know, they found um, people in Africa who practice a Judaism which they fought and died out it's that old and they've actually realised that these guys were originally Jews they've come from sure. what was is, you know Israel from the old days but you know you go to Israel now and it's like well hold on a second you not see much black people here. <laughs> <laughs> actually, I think you do to be fair I think you, they only show it's yeah. like when you go to the Middle East they only show the light skinned people in the TV mm-hmm. like when you go to Thailand for example or, or Vietnam you see all the light skinned yeah. people when you go there you see everyone is dark and you're like hold on a minute where are these people ever seen in the media you never see them because they want to give this portray this image that you know white is right and you gotta look right. you know, beautiful light light is not right man yeah. well, co- colorism yeah. is, a, is a thing it's not just a, a black or african thing mm. this exactly. is this is a universal thing yeah. colorism yeah. Mm. and yeah. and, and yeah. like you said um we were in thailand last summer mm. and we learned that the darker skinned people were the ones who kind of worked the land and yeah, stuff. Yeah, 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 they, yeah, they were yeah. at the bottom of the bottom. caste system yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah. You find it's the same yeah, in Brazil same, same too. As China. Same as China. Yeah, China too. And Brazil, when you look at Brazil, which is unfortunate, all the dark skinned people are in the favelas and the poor, impoverished areas. And obviously, all the, the lighter skinned people or the European people, like the people with European heritage. They're all in the banks and in the nice places. So it's um, a little bit unfair, you know, when you look very around. It's, it's, it's very topsy-turvy. But going back, you know, what, going back to what I said, there should definitely, I think, to, to show differences, you have to understand differences. Mm-hmm. And I don't think enough of the world are, are shown or experience differences. You know, if you think of the percentage of people that leave their their town in their lifetime, never mind their country. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you can only learn what you see. You can only learn about things that you experience. And I think that's what's lacking. And when it, you know, it comes down to things like education and unfortunately it comes down to money and, and all those other things. But if you can enrich a person's life mm-hmm. from an early age, they just become enriched. They, they, they just, they understand more about culture, about color, about themselves, about the world. But, um, yeah, man, I definitely think something's afoot. So let's let, let let's keep the neon near establishment's throat. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I like that. That's a good one. Yes. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one. <laughs> yeah, man. All yeah, right. Man. Anyway, let's talk a bit more about Miss Smalls and her um, personal achievements. You got a bachelor's uh, a bachelor's degree in political mm-hmm. science. It's funny. Yes, yes. My wife actually has the same thing. She has really? Mind. Yeah, I'm as, married you, as you can see, I'm putting that that degree to use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna. Uh, what, what, what is well, political science? What, what is it's, political science in, in, it's in the a sense? study of government and study of politics and and nations? Some of the very things that we're talking about is is a part of um, political science. Yeah, how like government? Very work. interesting. Yeah, it's an interesting topic. Okay, okay. Like it is actually. Miss Small should have went into government. And did you ever do anything in that role? 
You had some lead, leadership roles I'm reading in your biography. Yeah, in, in, in terms America. of um, political science, I, I researched. I did a research fresh out of college, mm-hmm. um, you know, supporting Gallup. And then I went oh, on wow. to uh, environment. Yeah, and then I went on to environmental studies. And um, leadership, I, I transitioned over to career counseling and doing um, uh, talent acquisition. It was, it was when I was doing career counseling, I was working for a um, technical school in downtown D.C. And, mm-hmm. and D.C., if, if you guys have never been here, is very urban. Um, there's lots of poverty in D.C. So this is actually where the ideas started to come from in terms of um, writing the book. Um, So that's kind of what really led me to where I am today. Okay. So wait a minute, you live in Washington, D.C.? I'm right outside of Washington, D.C., but we call it the D.C. area. Okay. Uh, But you was raised in North Carolina. No, North Virginia. South Carolina. South Carolina. Carolina. And North Virginia, you have some, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, so how does these different states compare to each other? Like, obviously, you got Washington D or DC. You're the outskirts, so you're not really in the thick of things, I guess. Um, but like, obviously, Washington's a bit more like the president, and everything's a bit more up, uptown. Mm-hmm. South Carolina is probably a bit more <laughs> slow pace. Yeah, slow very pace. southern, very slow pace. Everything closes at nine p.m. at night. Okay. Whereas in D.C., it's, you know, things are just starting at 9 p.m. Okay. Um, I would say here, D.C. area, it's much more diverse. Yeah. You have people from all parts of the world here. Um, yeah. You know, that when I moved here, it was the first p- time I saw people that were from North Africa and so on. Yeah, so it's it's very it's a it's very much so a mixing bowl, which is great, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Alistalio, before we started, we we're talking about our ch- children. This is a great place to raise children because I want my children to understand diversity. Not only yeah, understand absolutely. it, but appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. embrace it very early on. So. Okay. Wow. What is that? Why? Why is there such a like segregation in America still? When, like, 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 if you look at England. Like, it really is like the black and whites, they're mixed together. It's like, you know, they, they try, uh, unless you go to some villages somewhere, like in the outbacks, what has happened in America? <laughs> that, yeah, I mean, like, really in the sticks. What happened in America that kept people apart? Like, was it just like, look, was it from your grandparents and stuff where they're like, look, don't mess with these guys? Because, is that what happened? Or was, was there any encouragement to like hang around with? Yeah, because it's a good question, isn't it? Is there any encouragement to, because I know white folks who, I also know white folks who are from America too. They were like, I never really seen black people before and stuff. You know, I never really had them in my village. You know, they were coming from my like village. Washington, they were from Washington State. They were from Washington town, State. No village. You know? <laughs> Or town, yeah, town or a village. You don't, have, you don't have villages in America. Everything's big. No in villages. No. <laughs> you don't have villages. Yeah, you gotta have like countryside. I don't you know, have villages. We, we don't town, call man. anything villages here. It's, it's no. town, cities, states, that kind of thing. No villages. Ever watched an American film and have said village in it? Think about it. Actually, none of you. No, but never, never. So, ever what, what I mean by village, village maybe more like the countryside. You know, the countryside. Town, yeah. Bush. Bush. I, I, can I can I jump in there? I think one of those reasons, even though I'm not American, you've got to remember that America as a country is probably what thirty times the size of the UK. Mm-hmm. We ain't got enough space to be segregated. <laughs> That's a everyone great knows point. Everyone knows that's BS. Everyone knows that's We've all got to live next to each other, man. There's no choice. <laughs> no choice. That's funny. Maybe we need to cut part of it off, and then. We can just... <laughs> so, so I would say, Alstalio, we so we're. We are segregated in certain um, in certain entities, like church, for example. Mm. That is definitely segregated. Yeah. Although now you will find that bursting on the scenes, there are more uh, integrated churches. People are starting to embrace diversity, but there's still a lot of churches that are not um, segregated, okay. uh, or sorry, not integrated. Um, our neighborhoods are, are starting to become more integrated. Okay. So, um, you know, the workplace is definitely integrated now. We all yeah. work together. I do think you have, there are some parts of this country, just to be frank with you, I will not step a toe in. Yeah. Like 
Mississippi, Alabama, those parts of the deep, deep South where, um, you know, sundown laws used to prevail and, uh, yeah, the KKK came out of, you know, yeah. they still have those backwards attitudes. Those, those mm -hmm. areas are still segregated by choice, mm -hmm. not necessarily legally, but they're still, you know, the black state of themselves, the white state of themselves. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when they pass each other in a town, it's, it's a fake, hi, how are you? But then behind closed doors, you know, plotting. it's... The plotting hey. on each other. Like, yeah, so th guy. those areas, you know, they're still, they're still red states, meaning they vote diehard Republican. And listen, mm -hmm. I've voted Republican before in my life too, but not, I would not in this current climate. Absolutely not. Um, so you, so you do still have to be mindful um, within the United States, but there's still many, many, I, I found that in the cities, people that live in the more cosmopolitan areas like DC, um, New York, uh, LA, some of those cities, you tend to find lots of diversity. And when you've been exposed to diversity, yeah. you kind of have no choice but to appreciate yeah. what diversity brings. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I honestly, I haven't experienced racism here that I know of. Mm -hmm. Now I've experienced it in the South, yeah, sure. definitely. Sure. But I've never experienced, you know, I have friends that are white that come over to my house. My kids are down the street right now playing with, um, my white neighbor, yeah, okay, whom I adore. Um, so you know, it just it just depends on the area that you that you live in. Okay, uh, I got a question. What is the so you're the president of and founder of a Prince William County chapter of Mocker Moms? Moms, yep. Mocker Moms. Um, is that Prince William from obviously England or is that which Prince William? Yes, but this is the county. So we, we have like counties mm -hmm. that our cities are in. So it's the county. Okay. Prince, Prince William, William county. county. Okay. But okay. well, it does refer to the Prince of England. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. okay. I've, I've, got, I've, I've got a question. Um, obviously, um, the politics one. Why is it that there's no other parties other than the Democrats and the Republicans? There are. Mm -mm. You just don't hear about there is, them. They're very there is. small. There's a yeah. Green Party, Independent Party. Yeah. But those are the ones that have more support. So more support means more what? More money. Yeah. More money means more what? Advertising. So that's why you hear about the Democrats and the Republicans. The independent parties and the smaller parties, they can't afford to do national map you know, huge ads because they don't have that much support. Do you, do, do you think if you could mobilize the black community to get behind a party, I'm not necessarily saying Black Lives Matter, but a party which was for them. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not saying that they would get elected. It's most certainly it, 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 well, no, it would make a dent in the other two. So you're, when you think about it, if you're taking up 16% of your country, you're going to say, we're not voting for any of you guys. We're voting for this one party. Mm. And if we, if we vote for them, we can take over certain town halls or whatever, whatever. And we're going to spend that money within the black community as well. I mean, that, that would be a huge, a huge um, way of making a bloody um, statement. Because, no. not, you know, if, even, if, even if the Hispanics and the African-Americans came together and just said, right, we're going to form our own party and this is it. You want, democ you want dem democracy? We're fine. You can have democracy. Let's vote. <laughs> that I, could be seismic. I think, I think <laughs> what, what, you're what you, don't, you, got, you can't underestimate is that a lot of the voting is regional too, isn't it? So you have a lot of, like even in the regional um, polling stations, it's blue and red. You know, there's never anybody else in there. Is there any states that you know of that have maybe a liberal in charge or a green, you know, green piece or someone? Do you, have, do you know anyone, Miss Smalls? Uh, no, no states that have green piece in charge. Or, I mean, yeah, yeah. You, you do have some states, like I said, that will vote. You know, you, you vote. The Electoral College, you vote pretty much as a state. And mm -hmm. so your state will either vote, depending on how many electors you have, it will either be, you know, Republican or Democrat. Yeah. No so you don't even have a choice. Regionally, you don't have a choice. That, so. does, that doesn't seem fair, though, because... <laughs> but it ain't fair, is it? It's not really? fair. I mean, you're, you're numbered with the guy that they've brought back to life and the guy that they've brought back to life. It's like... 
I mean, this year, this year is not very good for it. Doesn't look good for the Americans this year, I would say. Well, you know, so so it, you make a great point. So here's the thing: we we are hoping. So a lot. So let me back up. A lot of people did not vote. A lot of people do not vote because they just feel they don't have faith in the system, right? They don't trust yeah. politicians yeah. as a whole. Yeah. So they're just like, well, why should I even waste my time? Yeah. So this year, we are really pushing to get everybody to vote. And if we can get everybody to vote, we can get him, the racist, out of the White House. <laughs> well, I've heard, talk, I've heard talk on the grapevine, but potentially he could bring Mr. Obama back as one of his right-hand men. He goes, <laughs> Unlikely. Obama's not coming back. He's not. No. He's, I think he's over it. I'm sure he's over it. Um, I think he did what he came to do and move out. And, you know, the thing you have to to worry about is the racist has done so much damage that someone else is going to have to clean up, you know? So who really wants that job right now? I can't put a black guy in there. We got to go with who we we have, who is, I think, Biden is the strongest person that has, you know, submitted himself that thrown that has thrown his name in the hat mm. so we're just gonna run with him <laughs> <laughs> anyway let's talk a little let's move off this because i want to talk a little bit about your book the black girl's guide to healing emotional wounds you got it because <laughs> i actually wrote it down here and i was like i'm gonna write this down so i know so so so, so, so the synopsis i'm reading uh, i wish i my, i wish my father had been present in my life so i would not have accepted a lot of crap from men can we break it down bully point to bully point? Because I want to know, like, obviously, what was the inspiration behind, obviously, this book? What, what made you think, oh, I'm going to write well, this book? Because right, that's, 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 that's that excerpt is, is what it is. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you could blame the dad. You can blame boyfriends. You could blame the mom. The mom also, too. You know, I know women who've just been destroyed by their mom because of the stuff they've had to go through. So it could be anything. Uh, so- He's trying to get in now. <laughs> yeah, it kicked me out. My own computer kicked me out of the meeting. <laughs> Hello. Talking to myself. I was like, where is everybody? <laughs> okay. So did you get, the, did you get, um, sorry, can you repeat what you said? I'm sorry. The, um... I can. I can. Okay. So, so I was saying that, you know, the bulk of my inspiration for the book came from my conversations with girlfriends, as well as assessing my own behavior. Because mm-hmm. the reality of it is some behaviors that we display is toxic behavior, is self-sabotaging behavior. So I wanted to understand where this behavior came from Mm -hmm. and then give a prescription of how we can heal from all of this and resolve this behavior. It's not so much about pointing out who's right and who's wrong, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's just trying to understand the origin of the behavior. So for example, if you understand that you have mommy issues, right? Mm. That maybe your mom was too much of an authoritative figure. Maybe she didn't have conversations with you about sex. Maybe you had to find out on your own. Maybe you couldn't trust your mom. Maybe you felt that she was too harsh. Then you, as a mother, you have a power to change that for your child. So it's all about breaking down those generational cycles so that we can be better people for the next generation. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because if you think of uh, most certainly our parents' upbringing and their parents' upbringing, it was based on a different set of rules in terms of how they dealt with us. Um, spare the rod, spare the child. I don't know, but the rod used to get fought out a lot of times and they thought that was the right thing to do. Well, guess where they learned that from? Mm-hmm. The, the master. <laughs> Once again. Once again. And, but that's again the- and that's the thing. We bring a lot of things over from slavery. That is the reality of it. We bring a lot of things over from slavery. And not only that, after slavery, during Reconstruction, during the civil rights area, we were in survival mode, right? Mm. So poverty, when 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 you are dealing with poverty, that impacts the way you parent. You, you can't parent the same way someone that is upper middle class is. Yeah. If you're in low income, just worried about um, food on the table, right? I mean, that's what Maslow's hierarchy of needs tell us, right? You're, you're not able to be fully functioning 
and be creative as a parent. If you are just like, can, can I, can I afford dinner? If that's your yeah. focus, I just need to yeah. afford dinner for tonight, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's, so it's those kinds of things that I really want to address. And, and one of the things I talk about is we have to forgive our parents. Cause I, be, I really truly believe they did the best they could yeah. with what yeah. they had, you know, and we, yeah. we have to, cause I know a lot of people, including myself, I'll be honest with you. I was angry for a period of time. I was angry at my mom, you know, and um, I was angry at my dad and I had to let it go. I had to, to just accept, you know, that this is, this is the way it was. That's all they knew. And they went with what they knew not to hurt yeah. me because they yeah. thought that it would make me better. Yeah, yeah I, I, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, I think reflection as an adult, as you get older and you do look back, and I think the moment when you can, you can see your behaviour based on a, a circumstance and actually say, oh, I'm not going to behave like that because mm-hmm. I know that I'm behaving like that because of that situation. Mm-hmm. That's when you've cracked it. And that kind of resilience, if we can teach our young people these skills at an early age, Mm-hmm. It, it will it will it will start to just grow as, as individuals because they you know if you know your behavior if you can you know if you know your behavior and you know how you you can react in any situation it means that if you're rather than being angry and lashing out mm-hmm. you can turn it to your advantage you can take a step back you can take a deep breath you can you know talk to that person about why they've said what they've said rather than just giving them a chat box because that's <laughs> what you think is the right you know the right thing to do um you know, we've come from a world which has been very much male orientated, dominated, ruled by force and 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 and, and whatever. And you know, in the last ten years, five, ten years, we've now we now you know, we now realise that hold on a second, that isn't the right way to live. We've we've tried that for the last ten thousand years. Mm-hmm. Let let's look at doing something different. And the world can only become better for it because there's a lot of problems out there right now for young people especially. Um I was kind of old school up until a year ago. And it was like, they're young people, man. I have everything, man. I have computer, I have this. We don't have to go to no library to one answer to the world and computer. You know what I mean? And I thought, yeah, I've got it all. If I live now, I'll be a king. But the reality is, a lot more pressure than what I had. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to worry about whether I was going to fit in a pair of jeans. Or I didn't have to worry about whether my nails were manicured. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to worry about whether I had a 200-pound pair of trainers. Yeah, those people at my school who had money. But... That, that was pretty much what everyone feels they have to now conform. I couldn't have lived in this world. I've been boxing people left, right, and center. For the moment, someone said to me, why ain't you got one of them? And called me poor. Bash, bash, you know what I mean? So I think they've got it harder now. Body conscious. You know, girls are conscious about themselves at 12. Come on, man. Saying that. Barbie dolls and, and blowing bubbles. And, you know, so mm-hmm. I, I think it's a tough world for them. So anything that can kind of get mothers thinking so that they can help their young people to think can can only be a positive yeah does your, does your book address um external influences on your emotions um at some point because like uh, nigel said um like my daughter is already i can already see it now she wants these clothes and she wants to look this particular way she wants to wear makeup i'm like you're six what? Years old, man you're yeah, six God. yeah Tell her the uncle nigel said she wants a f- she, no makeup. No yeah, she makeup. wants a phone. No makeup. She wants a, every time she comes back, she's like, "Ah, oh, but this girl has this on her, on her room, and this." Girl, and I'm like, um, "And and I'm thinking, all this stuff is damaging my daughter already. I got no chance." Tell her, right? Tell her she can have a phone as soon as she gets her first job. <laughs> yeah, the, absolutely. You know, as soon you know, as she gets her first. Job, but is it wrong for look? For example, me, I'm kind of like you know, I was I was raised in a harsh environment, a little bit more harsh, and we didn't have we we wanted for everything you know like you didn't want for nothing we wanted for everything yeah, but that that was yeah 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 um so i kind of like try and raise my kids i don't want to give them everything but i'm like okay if they want that you know i'll try and give them that you know make them make them make them earn it in a way that they see the reward of of, of, of progressing themselves so yeah. whether that's education whether that's a new skill but but she's going, maybe she's learning an instrument. Well, I've got on the piano. Okay. I've got on the piano. Right. Okay, so, what, so, what, piano. So, what, so once she can play a piece of music um, just by reading the notes or a, a particular piece of music, that mm. could be a reward. So you, you then show him that, look, man, you can have what you want in life. But you, you have to put something in to get it. Mm. It really saddens me right is that, now. Is that damaging um, her? No, 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 no well, not well, like that. 
Let me oh, say oh, this, Alastalio, to, to something you said. A lot of Black people in America um, align with, with the thought that you just made. Mm. Um, you have a lot of Black people in America that are parents today, right, yeah. that may have come from disadvantaged backgrounds. Yeah. They, they want it, like you described. They want it for everything. So now, you know, now they're middle class to upper middle class, right? Mm. They can afford the thing. So they are giving their children all yeah, of the everything that they didn't, yeah that they want. So it's like they're living through their children. But yeah. you know, the thing about it is, you have to have a balance. Yeah, because parenting is all about raising children to be successful adults. Like you want them to go out on their own to be independent. Mm. Part of that comes from them earning. They have to understand. I tell my kids all the time that in this world, you have to earn and work hard for every single thing you get. And it's hard sometimes, you know, (laughs) I I get it. My daughter is like, for the cell phone, like it was one week, I was like, if you ask me about a cell phone again, I'm gonna spring. So so I get it, right? And and I'm talking about the cell phones today. Like she wants, she's specific. She wants an iPhone 11 Max. She's very specific. You know, expensive. (laughs) And I'm like, like, do you know how much that costs? Like you don't even keep your room clean and you want that. So so for me, it's like you have, I told my daughter, I was like, you have to show me responsibility Mm. before we can even think about you getting a cell phone. Because if you're, if you're not responsible with the small things, I can't trust you with something big. Yeah. So it's, it's all about earning. Yeah, it's easy to go out and get the phone or whatever. Because in her school, a lot of her peers have cell phones. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, and that's, and that's the thing. We, we, have to, we have to teach our children who they are. And that's mm-hmm. something that didn't happen to us as, as young black kids. Mm-hmm. You know, our parents didn't affirm us, right? No. They didn't teach us who they were. Because many times our parents were busy working. Yeah, they were gone. You know, they didn't have the time to have healthy conversations with us. So when we, we get out on our own, we're here trying to figure out who we are. So our job as parents today, we have to show them who they are so that they won't attach their identity to things, to titles. Yeah. because. Yeah. When, when you attach your identity to things and titles and, and all of those other material things that don't mean anything, when that thing is gone, you're left empty. So that's why we see suicide. That's why we see kids abusing pills and drugs and so on, because they don't know how to cope. They don't know who they are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, that's, uh, so the moral of that story, mate, is, yeah, Job first, no lipstick, no boyfriend. Oh, tell her when she can play Beethoven's ninth, then she can have the the phone. Mate, seriously <laughs> though, if she's learned the piano, like 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 Miss Small says, link it to her achieving because yeah. it actually means something. And the next time she wants something, she will almost welcome. What can I learn next, Daddy? You know what I mean? Yeah. Get a little prodigy there, man. So the you thing know, is, I think I think the only fear for me is that I've seen, you know, I've got friends who give 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 give. And me say the kids then turn up bad, you see? They're rude. They don't know what. When they, say, when they hear the word no, they throw themselves on the floor, man, and, and, and have tapped. No, no, no. Oh, don't yep. raise a monster. <laughs> don't raise a monster. <laughs> I agree. And that, that was my thing. That was my biggest thing to my husband. I was like, I'm not raising spoiled brats. I, no. am not, I do not want spoiled brats. Because mm. spoiled brats grow up to be spoiled wow. brats in the work. Yeah, <laughs> that, yeah, that, yeah. that woman in the cubicle next to you that's yeah. spazzing out because she can't yeah. get her way. Yeah, boom. That's, that's that child that got everything yeah. when they were kids. Yeah. You can, and it's really funny because as you become older, you can actually see, you know how people were brought up, you know whether they had siblings, you know whether they were only children, you know whether they were, like you say, spoiled. It's crazy because people play out there their adult lives as as their, as their child lives. Oh yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, wow, you're having a tantrum because, and when people have a meltdown for like, what to you is a real small thing, but it's because they're not used to hearing the word no or no, mm-hmm. you know, they're used mm-hmm. to things that's been done for them. So, <laughs> okay, I completely oh, agree. Anyway, going back to the book, um, so how do you 
kind of go around the fact that some people have been abused when they're young? How do you address that situation? Is that something that you so, address at all? So, you know, that, that's, that's intense trauma, right? Mm, yeah. uh, and, and that can cause um, PTSD. Yeah. If, if someone has, and, and, and the reality of it is, um, I think the statistics are in the U.S., 80% of, of us that grew up between like the 70s, that were, that were born between the 70s and the 80s, right, mm. were abused. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of that out there. My thing is you have to get therapy. You mm. have to. You have to find that safe space to talk about that. Yeah. Because there, there's a lot there when, when you are dealing with um, abuse and, mm. and um, you know, when you feel that intrusion, your, your defense mechanisms kind of rise up mm. and, and you're ready to go. So it's, it's very important for someone to get the help they need if, if they have been abused. And listen, I am a big proponent of therapy. And, and I don't know how it is in the UK, but in the US and black families, therapy was not looked good at. It was, yeah, okay. it was not a positive light shown on it. Yeah, it was very, yeah, you know, yeah. like, oh my God, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's therapy. And I think that is um, one of the problems that we face as a it's community. Negative, in that we look at, we, we have this kind of, you know, where, where they say the, the, the British have got a stiff upper lip. No, black people have got a stiff upper lip because we will, we will, we won't even go to the doctors if you're feeling ill because no, my, 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 my people can't know me sick. Yep. And then mm-hmm. next week we'll be dead. And then we'll be cussing <laughs> saying, oh, we're dead, lad, we should have got a doctor. It, it, we, we, we will, you know, it's, it's very hard for our community. And I, I suppose we're better now, but, you know, our community isn't a community that's ever opened up to others within the community because it's like, you know, go chat your business. No matter tell yeah. them nothing. You know what I mean? We've always had that kind of whisper, whisper, sniper. You know what I mean? So it's been hard. And a lot of black people have been alone. They've been, they've actually been alone. Although on the surface, you think, yeah, man, these people are fine. They actually haven't had someone they can actually talk to mm-hmm. because they haven't had the inner strength to be able to, to say the words they want to say or even the language, mm-hmm. um, um, you know, the words. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's 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 a hard thing, man. And I think therapy, like you say, back in the day, would have been a well. Let's be honest, you know, if you would have said back in the seventies, oh, I'm going to see a therapist, the people would be saying, oh, you've got, you know, we're going to get you locked up and committed. You know what I mean? So there's a lot of stigma around it as well. It's only now that mental health is being spoken about in in terms of physical health, mm-hmm. and, and people appreciate that. You know, some people need to, to, to talk, they need to, you know, get things out. So, real, real tough area, man. So, I think that's, that's another thing you address, Miss Paul's, um, Miss Smalls, Miss Paul's, Miss Paul's, <laughs> Ms. Smalls, Smalls, in, your, um, in your book about trustworthiness. And I think that's not exclusive to finding women or girls in your circle. I think that's everything, especially in the black community. We don't really trust. That's basically what Nigel was saying. Jim, Jim, Jim Crow laws, man. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know. But but that's that's an aspect of slavery, right? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. imagine you're on the auction block and, and you're compared to this person and so on, and, and you're, you know, they're dividing up who's going to work outside, who's going to work inside. All of those things, they're pitting us together. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it programs you, I've got to be better than this one. I've got to, yeah. you know, I've got to pull this one down and, and so on and so forth. So... Yeah. You know, I'm not a big reparations person. I don't, I don't believe, I'm not supportive of the whole reparations thing, just because I know it's not going to happen. <laughs> but if there was anything I would stand behind, I believe every Black American in this country that's alive needs mental health services. And I, I think that's the one thing mm-hmm. America should give us because slavery in and of itself was traumatic. Right. Yeah, yeah, sure. Many of us still have PTSD mm. that because cha- slavery changed our DNA. Yeah. And so many of us are still yeah. dealing with those effects. So, that, so you add slavery, then think about it. The civil rights era. Right. Mm. There are still people. My mother is, is a civil rights person. She, mm. she was born uh, and alive. Uh, she was born in the, in the late 50s. So yeah. she was alive and well. She remembers 
going to the first integrated school mm. in our city and how that felt and, and, and being looked down upon. So I think a lot of us can benefit from um, therapy. And I, I, I think that should be the one thing that we get is, is some yeah. type of counseling and, and yeah. therapy support. I, I, I feel so. You, and, and the thing is, I mean, growing up and, you know, it's bad to say now, but, you know, I heard it in my own family, you know, where, you see, when I was growing up, I just saw a black man as my brother, whether they were black African, black Ethiopian, black Jamaican, English, whatever. But growing up, I, I used to hear my own people cuss a man over there because he's too dark. Mm-hmm. Or that man there is from Barbados, so he yams monkey. Mm-hmm. Or that them African man, them, 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 they, they fling spear. And you think, well, hold on a second, these are all black people? How can you be, you know, when, when the white man hates all of us, you're even saying them things in, in a way being said in a positive way. Mm-hmm. You, you know, and obviously, I have to get older to understand that this is ingrained you know, where they would separate the lighter from the darker, mm. where they would say, well, you can work in the house, but there's no chance you ever come in the house because you're too black. You know, where they would select the bull who they wanted to kind of, you know, we were used like cattle, man. Mm. We were like cattle. You see how like the breed, breed bull and, and cow and steak, mm. we were like cattle. Absolutely. So, deep stuff. And, and I think, you know, I don't really want to go, going back to like the white privilege thing, when you're hearing people say, oh, all lives matter, for me, they that that those are the ones you need to understand. We ain't talking about this one guy dying. We're mm-hmm. talking about three hundred years. It's three hundred yes. years. Or four you know? even. Well, four hundred yes. years, and you're saying, "Oh well, get over it. All lives matter." I tell you what, this is why everyone I speak to now who says anything, I say, "Go oh, read Jim Crow laws, and yeah. watch Thirteenth, and then come back to me, and then we'll talk." Because yeah. if you if you don't read those two things, you don't know. You'll never, never, ever, ever get it. You know, oh, just one question again, Mr. Boyd. You know, I've got questions in it. <laughs> Every time I listen to you guys, I hear. To, I know I can hear two questions. Uh, do you think that, like, obviously, white people also suffer from the trauma of racism? And I know they dished it out, but it could be that, like, especially the older ones, they're probably like they feel guilt. You know, white guilt, I guess, is what they call it. Um, do you think they they need to go and see a um, therapist as well about maybe understanding what they did, or at least their forefathers did? Because, like you said, your mom was born in the fifties which means the people who were born in that era too were still pretty much like... They're in Palomate in the Congress House. Well, yeah, they are. <laughs> That's another thing. Wouldn't it, be, wouldn't it be time to get someone in president position who's not from that era? I'm just... I, I ain't the smartest guy here, but, That's you know... What needs, That's what needs to happen. This will make sense. Get someone who's born like in the 80s or the 70s. It's, it's the children born last year the children born this year, the children born next year, who will create the diversity in the power um, corridors of America. Yeah. Because there's too much, um, there's so many people being born out of colour um, who are going on to great things. You know, we've got a nation of leaders just waiting to come out and yeah. they're coming into a diverse world. They've got to get into, they, you know, once they start getting into those houses of power and they can start influencing, it will happen. Won't happen in my generation. Mm-hmm. If you're an old man, but it will happen. Um, you know, you know, like when you watch Star Trek and everyone's like, you know, the, the man, you know, the black man's talking to the green man. The green man's talking to the man with the big head. The man with the big head's talking to the man with the long face. You know what I mean? Everyone's like, yeah, man. No, no one even flinches. Yeah. Like you're talking past our generation, or aliens well, you, have got to come, or aliens have got to come first, and then they'll be like, well, yeah, we're it together. <laughs> well, you know that it's interesting that you say that because the whole thought is. Once the generation we call baby boomers, right? Those are the mm. folks that are like our parents' age. Yeah. The thought is once the baby boomers die, yeah, then the world will be a little, or our country, I should say, will be a little more so less racist, I guess. Um, yeah, but you yeah. also got to take into account that the baby boomers are raising children, too. Yeah, they're passing mm. on it, um, yeah. And especially those that are in the, you know, Mississippi and those southern states, yeah. Mississippi, Alabama. Yeah. Um, but I, I wanted to address another point that you had had made. Gosh, what was, oh, oh, I wanted to share this with you guys. So I'm taking a class on trauma, right? Mm. And the instructor 
who's a white male who's from the state of West Virginia, which is, which is one of those Southern states. Yeah. He starts off by sharing that he is a racist. Okay, that's powerful. And he says he's a product of the environment mm-hmm. that he was raised in. His parents raised him that way. You know, West yeah. Virginia is very racist and so on. But he says his goal in life is to be effective and to treat everybody mm-hmm. with love and kindness. So he's constantly having to check yeah. that yeah. emotion or check yeah. his thoughts. Yeah. And that's yeah. and that's one of the things. So you ask, you know, do do, do I feel our white counterparts need therapy? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because, you know, once you're once you're in therapy, it gives you self-awareness. So mm-hmm. someone can say, I'm not racist, I'm not racist, but if you're hiring and there's, you know, two candidates, a black and a white, who are you going to choose? Yeah. If, if, if everything else is Same, equal, yeah. you know, you just automatically choose the white candidate because, you know, you, you feel like, oh, well, we can go have beers and so on. You just made a biased decision, right? Yeah. But yeah. It's, it's checking that, you know, you know, checking that thought, that emotion. That's what going to therapy gives you is, is you're exposed to it. And, and you're getting that self-awareness. And then once you get that self-awareness, you get that ability to regulate yourself. To mm-hmm. say, so when that thought comes, yeah. okay, choose, yeah. the, choose the white candidate. You can say, nope, I'm not going to choose the white candidate. Mm-hmm. I'm going to look at them both fairly and equally and make a decision purely based yeah. on performance. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, just the last, last question. Um, the Black Girl's Guide to Healing Emotional Wounds. You know, I mentioned that to my wife, that that was the title of the book. And she was like, but actually you could probably put that to everybody. Actually, that would fit to white girls, Indian girls, Asian, you know. So would it be a maybe a marketing thing for you where you could say, okay, I'm going to remarket the book as the girl's guide to healing emotional wounds too? <laughs> you know, I wanted to make this specifically for my black girls because... Yeah, they need some stuff, yeah. <laughs> well, our origins are different, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. our yeah. trauma comes from from different areas, right? Yeah. And 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 I wanted to address my my white girls and my black girls first. But I have white friends who've read the book and they mm-hmm. said, you know, there was a lot of it that they could, could completely relate yeah. to. Yeah. You know, I, I talk about um, you know, all across all colors we've had absent fathers. And even though, and I mentioned in the book, even though your father may be there in your house, it doesn't mean he's a present father, right? Yeah. yeah and yeah, so, yeah. you know, all of us can relate to that. All of that, has, all of us can relate to making poor dating decisions, right? Mm. So there are some things that are universal, but our origins, the, the where the trauma comes from is what makes it a little bit different, if that, if that makes sense. Yeah, I'm listening to you say being a present father and then I'll start reflecting on myself. I to myself, I'm a present father. Jesus. <laughs> you know, I do try and, especially my daughter, because I found that our relationship's a little bit more different. Um, I don't know how many people would relate to what I'm about to say, but when my daughter was born, I didn't really have that connection with her. This, like, the mom and the her, that the immediate bonding. But me, I was kind of like, okay, who's this stranger? Sort of thing. Whereas when I had my son, there was an instant connection. It was like, bam. And even my last daughter who I actually birthed, um, there was an instant connection. So I was wondering what's going on. So now I try and make a little bit of effort because the relationships continue that way, really. We don't really have too much going on. It seems like... I, we're like I, 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 I think... Don't be so hard on yourself. Because yeah. I remember, mate, it's, you've gone from the known to the unknown. Mm-hmm. And your first child, you know, you know. I think all, all of your worry about anything anything going right that's all there that's all present in you mm. and you got to remember that even though you didn't carry the baby you would still have been carrying some of the stress yeah and as a man you know what men are like once the stress is gone it's like <laughs> <laughs> why let me just start let me start myself out first I, 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 you know what i mean so but don't be so hard on yourself you've got a relationship with your daughter you you, you probably feel it's different Probably, and you're probably basing it on how you felt then. Yeah, but the thing is, I also feel like she she just naturally gravitates towards her mom and her grandma and stuff like this. But to me, it's kind of like I'm an afterthought. 
So it's not, I don't know if it's actually, if I'm just, actually, I think it really is like that. So that, like I said, I, I'm trying now to get involved in the piano and do stuff that I, actually, that I like to do. Let, let me ask you a question. Does she still call you Wayne or dad? There you go, see? She still calls me Wayne. And not Wayne. That, 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 and, and mate, I ain't being funny. Well, not being funny, you ain't no friend. <laughs> yeah, no, but she doesn't see like that. I don't oh, know. But, 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 because it's easier. She's like, it's easier. Do, 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 her, do her friends call their dad, dad? Yeah, everyone else does. It's just me. So what, so what That's makes a tough one, Stalio. What, what, make, what makes you different then? I don't, I don't know. Think, Maybe think, I'm not hard think, enough. Think, think, think about, I don't know. I mean, for myself, I wouldn't have that personally because it's mm. like, hold on a minute. You, you don't call me my first name. That, that's something that people... Yeah, you're, is that, I'm is your, that, yeah. Look, isn't that a form of abuse though that I'm eliminating her choice to call me by whatever she wants? And that's the thing. Well, yeah, but then if she... If, well, if you really then abuse. Not abuse. But if you feel that her... If you feel that her, her behaviour is that you're secondary to everything, mm. you haven't given her any hierarchy. Does she call Julia, Julia or mum? Mama, yeah. Nah. I told you she was sent. She was sent from the devil attire. You're just, hey, you know what it is? You're just a lodger, mate. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you see it? He's like, that guy pays the bills. So, that guy pays the bills. <laughs> and he gets and me it. my phone. But that's oh, all I care about. Anything well, else? I, I, Stalio, I, I will say this, though. A couple of things. To, to a child, mommy is God. Yeah. yeah. Right? And that, that's just the way it is because, um, you know, they, I think they see us a little bit more. Mm. We're there, you know. I mean, we, we wake up in the middle of the night. Something you guys probably don't even know. We wake up in the middle of the night just to make sure they're breathing. Yeah. So they know, like, the slightest little thing. If they fall, whereas you guys are like, oh, get up. You know, we're like, no, okay. But one thing I would say, I'll stop, I'll stop you up. Meet, and I want, I want you to hear this. Meet your daughter's emotional needs. Mm. Focus on her emotional needs. Ask her about how she's feeling. Show her, empathize with her. Empathy, not sympathy, but empathize with her about her feelings. Keep the conversation open. You know, have you and her time where you go to, you know, wherever she likes, McDonald's, Chick-fil-A, whatever it is, mm. you know, just you and her, or even if it's in the backyard or walk down the street and have those conversations with her because, you know, typically they come to us, moms, right? When they cry mm. or whatever. Yeah. It's different when daddy is able to meet those emotional needs because when she's a teenager or young adult, when, you know, Bobblehead Bobo comes around. Yeah. <laughs> we won't look for him to meet her emotional needs because daddy will already have done that. Yeah. No wife friend. No <laughs> I, I can't I can't start. I'm not gonna do that though, because I mean who am I to say don't have a boyfriend when I was just as bad and her mom was Uncle probably Nigel, just as bad. Uncle Nigel said no boyfriend, no lipstick till you're 32. Oh so, my gosh! If I said the eyes, you come to at twenty-one, I'll be happy. <laughs> <laughs> Emotional right. needs, Astalio. Emotional needs. Need those. Your 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 best place to do that, Brother Wayne, because you know I'll be honest. My my kids probably didn't get that from me because I was young. No, I was still a you know I was twenty when I had my 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 youth. They're 27, 27 and twenty-seven now. Um, and I think that's what I didn't give. I mean, I wasn't with the mom, but and, and a lot of it for me was when I did see them, it was very much what you're doing now, giving them everything. And I tell you now, it don't work, okay. don't work because when, when the crunch comes to the crunch, it's all it then becomes if they don't get what they want, like money for a car, whatever, they're vexed, they're vexed with you for being broke yeah. <laughs> after, you've, after you've done spent all your money for the last 18 years. So like when they want, I want something bigger now, bigger than the phone, you go, oh, <laughs> you're not here yeah. from them again. But your best place and, you know, as, as, a, as a person, you're much more open than I was at your age. Mm. And you're much more reflective than I was at your age. So you're in a great place now to most certainly what Miss Small says, you know, if I'd had 
someone like her when I was 20 saying, get in touch, you know what I mean? Rather than spend money on McDonald's and running around Charlie Chalks, go and just take some time out and talk to your kids instead. Mm. It might be a different story now. So I'd say, take that advice, mate, and start tomorrow. And you get on from where say, right, me and a girl, we're going for a walk. I'll probably get a chance to start today, man. They sound like they're still awake. It's nine o'clock. You going for a walk? Yeah. yeah. But Wayne, I don't want to come with you, Wayne. Me and Daddy. Me and Daddy. All right. Um, yeah, I think we've done it for today. Um, thanks for being with us, uh, Miss Smalls. Do you want to promote anything? Oh, you. Hmm? You want oh, to? Yeah. You can buy the Black Girls Guide to Healing Emotional Wounds at Barnes and Nobles. Amazon, Books A Million, Thrift Books, it's out there. Uh, it's in, available in Kindle, paperback and hardcover. Nigel, Alstalio, buy one for the ladies in your can, life. Can I get a, I want to buy one directly from you, but I want a, a signed copy. I can do that for you. Okay, how would it, do you have PayPal or something? Do you have to send it to Germany though? But I'll pay Germany? for everything. Yeah, yeah. Can you do that? You're in Germany? I'm in Germany, yeah. It's a long story. I thought you were in the UK. Well, I'm from the UK, but... You kicked him out, man. He was too rowdy. He was too rowdy. Okay, you're in Germany. Where are you, Nigel? I'm, I'm in the UK. Okay, all right. Yes, you send me your address, I'll tell you. I'll make that happen for you. Yeah, um, send me a PayPal link, if anything, and then uh, we'll get that sorted. Okay. Or, or however you want me. We don't have well, cash. I'm, 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 I'm looking at it on Amazon at the moment. If you buy it from Amazon, there's no import fees or deposit. And it's... Uh, it won't be in anyway. Yeah, but how does it work if she's got she's got to post it? It won't work. There will be no import fees or anything when. Yeah. Oh, okay. Now, and I want a signed copy as well. If I buy it from Amazon, I won't get it signed. Oh, oh, signed. oh, Miss Wolf, could you also send um, Estalio all of your links for your uh, online presence yes. so we can put it in the group and I'll share it across the my network as well. Yes. And let everybody, everybody know all about. That's now. another question. Yes. If you need any help marketing yes, the please. book. Nigel is she the guy she, for you. She don't need. Oh really? Need no, yeah. She well, don't need no, no I do need help, Nigel. I will. We'll be contacting help. you. She <laughs> don't need help, man. This girl's got. She's got it all going on. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Miss Smalls. Happy, more than happy to talk to you about anything to do, Martin. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Nigel. I'll reach out to you. Nigel, got anything to say? Yeah. A great show as usual. Um, we've touched on some great topics. Um, I have my Love Sales, Hate Selling Crash Course workshop starting next Wednesday. So any small business owners who are afraid of technology, which is affecting their marketing, come and speak to me. Um, my oh. program also starts next week as well. That's a week on Friday. That's a Love Sales, Hate Selling program. Eight modules, four weeks, lots of pressure. Me kicking your ass if you don't get stuff done. But at the end of it, you'll have a lead generating online funnel. Oh, wow. Mm, that's dope. Yeah. Send me the link, Nigel. I will. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, you've been listening to the Real Life Room Talk with the Horsemen of Black Lips and Miss Smalls. Guys, have a great day. And if you like it, pass it on. Miss Smalls, you coming on again? Yes, I'll be on again. Oh, Anytime you, you must, need man, me. You Buy must, my book. You must, you must, you must, you must. You must. Buy a book. All right, guys, we'll play out to the music. See you later. See you later, guys. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. Thank you.